Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. The very last book of the Bible is called Revelation. It is a picture, an unveiling of who Jesus is. And it's written in this vivid, prophetic uh, imagery that describes Jesus enthroned victorious, even in the midst of a world that feels bleak and dark and hopeless. And at the beginning of this book, the apostle John the Beloved, at the end of his life, is on this island, he's exiled to this place called Patmos, and he has this vision of Jesus. It is beautiful and breathtaking. And as he's there, there is at the conclusion of this vision, Jesus is standing in the middle of these seven lampstands. And these seven lampstands represent seven churches. Now, if you know anything about Jewish numerology, you know that seven is the number of completeness. And so when we look at these seven messages to seven churches, they are a message to the church, the complete church. And the opening line, the opening message is to a church in Ephesus, which is actually the church that John was pastoring after Timothy. And so he writes this message and he commends them for their resilience and their perseverance under suffering, their ability to be wise in knowing what is good and what is evil, encourage them that they have not grown weary. He gives them this high, high commendation, but then he gives them this correction. He says this, you have forgotten your first love. And as I've been reading that and sitting with that the past few weeks, I wanted to do a couple of things. Number one, I want to commend you. This has been a wild year that has challenged every single individual and every single church in a way that no one's ever seen before. And I just want to say, well done. The resilience, the strength, the patience that has been displayed has been unbelievable. And I felt the Holy Spirit call me personally, and I want to extend this to you and to our church, that in our determination to stand firm, to not give up, to be strong, that we would not lose sight of our first love. And I know for me personally, this has called me to a deeper sense of knowing why I'm standing firm, why I am continuing to persevere, to to chase after God, and knowing that in my commitment to God, there is the potential to lose my affection for Him. And so I want to invite you, along with myself, to hear the message to Ephesus as our own that we would return as God's beloved children, not just to faithful work, but to cherished love of our Savior. I want to read to you the the scripture in in Revelations chapter 2. 
And as we do, not just to read this as a something in the past, but like I said, written to the, the church. That includes us. It says this, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. What a beautiful picture that Jesus is walking amongst his church, looking at his church. And he says this, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life which is the paradise of God. Ephesus was this magnificent metropolis filled with philosophy. It, it boasted of having the temple to Artemis and was incredibly wealthy and affluent. And in the middle of this town, Paul planted, Paul spent more time in Ephesus than any other church that he started. And after he left, after three years of his ministry, he leaves it to Timothy. Timothy ends up being martyred for his faith. And after that, his, history tells us that John the Beloved became the pastor of that church along with the mother of Jesus, Mary. Can you imagine uh, pastoring a church where the mother of God uh, was present? And so John as he pastors that church, ends up being such a threat to the Roman Empire that they exile him to this island of Patmos. And this is where he has this vision in the book of Revelation. And oftentimes we misread Revelation as thinking as this some sort of futuristic calendar of events to come. And there may be some things in it about what is to come, but it was primarily written to encourage encourage the present church in the midst of their own sufferings, reminding them that what they see and what they experience is not all that there is to reality, that Jesus is still enthroned and that the great darkness, the beast, the enemy of our souls is already being taken under control because of the finished work of the cross. At the beginning of this letter, there is these references to these churches in Ephesus in particular would have been the church closest to John, not only in heart, but geographically as he's on Patmos, also would have been the church that had the most influence. And like I said, there is this, this incredible commendation. You're doing so good in these things, but there's this call, don't forget, come back to your first love. And so I just wanted to share three quick thoughts that we find in the text. Uh, what does that look like? What does it look like to return to your first love? Number one is there is a sense of loving, returning to your first love with a renewed wonder. Second, returning to a love with a reimagined work. And number three, 
love with a received worth and victory. So I just want to walk through these three layers that we find here in the text. Number one, love with the renewed wonder. When, when Jesus is calling Ephesus back to their first love, he says, you've fallen from these heights. There's this imagery that you at one time were at this visual high place and you have fallen into hard work, perseverance, not bad things, good things. These are commendations but you've forgotten where you were, which had a specific kind of view, if you will, because you fall from something that's high. And when there are high places represented in scripture, it often references a, a revelation of the glory and the might and the strength of God. And so I think what I take from this is that because Ephesus seems to be following the pattern that Israel did, who saw the glory of God, all that he had done. And in their attempts to do work, in their attempts to follow the law, they'd actually lost their heart. They had forgotten what God had done. This is what he says in Jeremiah uh, 2.2. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. And so I think for us, if we're not careful, specifically if you've been following Jesus for a long time, sometimes we can forget why we're doing it. Sometimes we can become so consumed with trying to do the the tasks, trying to uh, just do what's right, to be moral, to fight things that are evil sometimes we forget where all of this started and it's that we were called um, by a loving God to himself. We have to return to that place. We have to return to that wonder of who God is. So I just want to encourage you. It, have you grown tired? Have you grown calloused? Have you grown um, to a place where you're just doing things with, and you've forgotten your reason. Guys, I encourage you, would you go back to that place, back to the mountaintop, if you will, have a renewed sense of wonder for the beauty and the majesty of God. And that could be practical. What, where were you when you met Jesus? Um, where, are, where do you go when you find him? Is it out when you're surfing? Is it when you're laughing with your kids? Uh, is it when you're alone reading the scriptures? Go back, return, and begin to renew the wonder of his love. Second thing, it says in this, in this correction, return to your first love, it says do the works you did at first. Now I love that because oftentimes the word works in the Bible has this negative connotation in the New Testament. But I think sometimes we, we take that, those instances of talking about work being a bad thing and we just think that all works are bad. But I want, I want you to listen to what Paul writes to this same church, this same church in Ephesus. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And so there, there it is, right? Aren't works bad? But listen to verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, his masterpiece, his poem, created in Christ Jesus to what? To do good works. And so John is saying, 
do the works you did at first, not the works that you're doing now. Go back and redo the works that reignite your love. And so you, you might just be like, well, what, what's, how do you know the difference? Well, one, our works that people do to try and earn favor and salvation. The other one are works that come from a place of receiving salvation and love. And specifically, Jesus narrows and simplifies what works he's looking for. And John 14 says, if you love me, keep my commands, which is a bold statement. How do we show God love? We obey his commands. But did you know the context of that? If you just go back a few verses, he's talking about a specific command. Could you be like, well, which one? He tells us. There's a few verses before it says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If Jesus, if God had a love language, it would be loving his kids. Um, I just need to confess, as I've been praying about and writing the sermon, I've been excited to preach this because for me it's so personal, returning to my first love. As I've been writing this again and again, I have felt prompted by the Holy Spirit that loving Jesus in a fresh way cannot be separated from loving his kids. It's essential. We must be able to tie in together our loving affection for Jesus with loving people the way that he loved them. The last point is this, that we have to love with a received worth and victory. If you notice the last line of Revelations chapter 2 verse 7 says, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, to the one who conquers. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So immediately John gives us a hyperlink to the end of Revelation. And I find this really beautiful, is there is a picture of a marriage feast at the very end of Revelation. Revelation 19, it says this, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he ended, these are the true words of God. When we love in a committed, victorious, resilient kind of way, the reason why that is so important is the end goal of our perseverance, the end goal of this life, is a marriage. It's a wedding feast. When we choose to love Jesus, return to our first love now, it is preparing our souls for eternity because heaven will be an eternal presence of love, which is why this, this whole section begins by calling the church back to his first love because by calling us back to our first love he's preparing us for our eternal reality which is loving him forever i love what daryl johnson says in his book 
discipleship on the edge. He says, what Jesus promises to first love lovers is more of himself. And so, Light Church, I, I want to put my notes here away. And I, I want to call you. As we start a new season as a church, we move venues and we're coming out of a lot of restrictions and, and from this pandemic, that, and things are going to start feeling and changing. Can I just encourage you? Let's go back to our first love. Let's go back and let's do the works we did at first, things motivated by and directed towards loving Him and loving people. Let's have a renewed sense of wonder of who God is and the beauty and the majesty of Him. And let's make sure that we know that the end of the battle, the end of the war, the victory that awaits us is a marriage. It's a wedding of being reunited fully with the lover of our souls as his beloved bride. So let's start today. Return to your first love. Maybe you need to get on your knees and repent for doing good things, lacking motivation of love, for choosing other loves in your life more than him. And I promise you this, as we return to our first love, He's already there meeting us. I think about the prodigal son. I'll end with this. When the prodigal son starts to come home, his father is the one who sees him from afar and beats him to it. And it's the second son. As that father is rejoicing and celebrating the return of his son, it's the second son who stays at the outskirts and is unable to enter into that party, that celebration because he's so concerned about what he's been doing. He's been so concerned about what he's done in the past that he's unable to actually celebrate and rejoice in the love of his father and the love of his brother returning. And the father has this line, he says, everything I've had is yours. And I just have this overwhelming sense as a church that this has nothing to do with where we're go going, the most current vision, the new strategy. We're just going backwards as a church, as a pastor, as a person, as a son. Let's go back to our first love. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this beautiful invitation you've given us to be yours, to be beloved. And Lord God, I want to pray for everyone watching this. Um, Lord, that like people in Ephesus, like Israel, like myself, there is a tendency to get so caught up in the, the task, what's ahead of us, that we forget why. Jesus, it's you. You are our why. You're our how. Lord Jesus, you are central to everything we desire. So help us, Spirit, empower us to stop just running forward and, for, and forgetting what's really important and help us return to our first love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. <laughs>